it's MPO Sports Podcast, and we're back for episode seven of our first season. And what a few weeks in sport we've had. We've had the NBA finals, well, playoffs, sorry, we're leading into the finals. We're up to the conference finals, and there's been some interesting results there. Uh, AFL is still going steady. So anyway, we will get into it very soon and discuss those sports and more. I just want to have a quick little, what I'm going to call Timmy's torment. Being an avid Manchester United fan, I'm sick to death of every time a player is available, they're linked to bloody Manchester United. Seriously. Are we the only effing club in the EPL? Oh, over it. And they never come anyway. So anyway, that's my little taunt for the... For this episode and the other boys not being United fans are laughing at me as I say that but every player every damn player gets linked to United I'm over it maybe because they're they're a big club and they need players okay well that was the voice or the velvet tones of Jez and uh, <laughs> he's an avid Liverpool supporter how are you Jez yeah, good, good. We're, yeah, I'm not so sure about Liverpool at the moment. Very nervous about Chelsea on the weekend. And you should be. Sure how we'll They've actually spent money. Um, yeah. And our other colleague for this episode, as normal, is Woody. How are you going, fella? Uh, Woody? Woody, do you want to turn your volume on? <laughs> uh, we've got a few we can't t- hear Woody. Got a few technical, technical issues. Hey, we'll, we'll, <laughs> right, we'll we'll carry on. We'll carry on while Woody gets himself sorted out. That, that, that's it. I think that's a great idea, and we'll say good day to Woody again anyway. And I, and I think you've got an opinion on our first topic anyway, Jeremy, around what the fixture for twenty twenty one should be for the AFL. So oh, there's a lot. Yeah, you, yeah. Give us your best shot and tell us what you think. Uh, well, the there's a lot of things being bantied around, I suppose, with all the changes that we've had to endure this year, obviously because of COVID, um, it's sort of, it brings, it, it makes it up in the air uh, how it's going to actually play out next season. They're, they're actually able to make changes. Um, so, so firstly, I'm not, a, look, I'm a fan of the 16-minute quarters. I didn't think I would be, but I actually think it gives more scope to maybe fit some more games in. It also uh, it also um, yeah allows more clusters of football how they had like the footy frenzy during the year. Um, but having said that, my ideal situation would be whether it's with the NFL how they play sixteen games a year. If we just played everybody once for seventeen games, I just think it would just make the games bigger make the games more of an event. And I think that, sh- I think that would kind of pay for itself if each game is huge like that. And uh, the 17-game season this year has been a success, I think. I guess the issue, Jez, is the AFL are going to try and recoup some yeah, of the uh, revenue. That's, so they're not, not going to go that next year. That's the reason it. That was the reason it won't happen. But you asked for my opinion. Oh yeah, yeah, and and and, uh, and and I can certainly see the AFL not wanting to play less games. Particularly the broadcasters would not want to play less games either. If anything, they want to play more. So we may end up having twenty six or twenty eight rounds, which True. won't be a bad thing. Won't be a bad thing if we're playing sixteen minutes. <clears throat> It'll be a bad thing if your club's not going well though. You've got to watch and get slaughtered for twenty eight rounds. Yeah, 
Also, on the flip side, there's always there's always going to be that though. No matter how many games you play, yeah. uh, they might be, they might be jockeying for draft positions or something like that, as we've seen. But they'll be more jockeying for finals places. I'd like to see less teams in the finals, maybe even six, um, just to spice it up a bit. But okay. that won't happen. That won't happen either. Because is there? Um, Les can sometimes yeah, he's be here. More, yes, he? yes, he's here. He's joined us, Woody. Oh, but yeah, Dilling. less can sometimes be more. So I think I'd, I'd rather 17 games than 28. Yeah, I would too. I would too. But we're not broadcasters. We're not trying to make a. We're not trying to make a dollar out of the many dollars we forked out. I guess but at the end of the day, that's that's the deciding factor, isn't it? They've lost yeah. money because of lost games, so now they're going to want to try and get yeah. it back. I guess too though with the seventeen round season, the way to wait, the way to wait the draw. So um, you know the teams are finished near the bottom, um, get some sort of in, you know help like they do. Yeah, you know, they do the draw to try and draw it against where they finished the previous season or what or the last couple of seasons. They could always yeah. wait teams that didn't perform as well as what they should have or could have. They might have a home game against West Coast instead of going to West Coast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That that could happen. The AFL want to want to still get their blockbuster games in, though. They want the derbies. They want the showdowns. They want the Sydney teams playing against each other. They want the big Melbourne clubs playing against each other twice, which seems to happen every year. And I don't think that's by accident. Yeah, and that that's why we're not going to see a seventeen game season. Um, they'll want West Coast and Frio twice a year. They'll want the showdown twice a year. They'll want Carlton playing Collingwood twice a year. They'll want um, all those big rivalries um, twice a year just, just for the yeah, revenue Geelong, factor. Geelong and Hawthorne, yeah, they'll, yep. they'll, want, they'll want those games, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we've had a bit of a crack at what we think yeah, or believe the uh, AFL should be doing for next season's uh, draw when they put it together. NRL, how are the finals going to play out? Who's going to make it? What's going on there, guys? Um, well, the top eight's already set. So how it is now is how it will remain. Um, I think the top the top four positions three to five or six are still possibly up for grabs. Like the Raiders are the Raiders are on twenty four points, only two points behind the Roosters and the Eels, but their goal difference is bigger than the Eels. So if you, if the Eels slip up and the Raiders win, they can get themselves in the top four. Um, apart from that, in the eight. Uh, but it's pretty much sewn up. Uh, you got the ninth team six points adrift of the eighth two games shot. to go, so it's all locked yeah. away. It's all just, locked up. Just the um, positions that need to be accounted for. Um, but if we're looking forward, um, the Eels played the Panthers a couple of Friday nights ago, I think it was, and I think we saw saw there what will happen if they played first up in the finals. Just the Eels' defence was just under the pump all day and held out long enough at times, but then uh, yeah, in the first the, half... The, the defence actually acquitted themselves well. It was just... Yeah, they did. Uh, they could have lost they, that they, game by 30 they, points. Yeah, yeah. But what it proved was the Panthers are just too good. Um, and they're, they're um, deserved favourites right now. They are. Um, I'm still not 100% convinced by them. Oh, they definitely they'll they, be favourites, but yeah, they'll don't, be favorites. also they just don't got, count yeah, out. They, they just got to show me. They, uh, the Roosters and Storm, I can almost see the Roosters and Storm playing off in another green final. So you think well, the they've been there, the ones have been been there and done it all before? So and that's the thing in their favour. 
Yep. And the Panthers will go in with the favourites tag and um, they may not be able to handle it. Might say Storm and Roosters in the first final too. Yeah. It will be interesting. Yeah, and we, that is the most likely matchup. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we've every chance to see them a few weeks well, later again in the grand final. Yeah, exactly. And I think the Storm are, Storm are better equipped to beat the Roosters now than they have been in the last couple of years. Yeah, that's right. I think, and I wouldn't count out um, the Raiders either. I think they've got got enough there to cause an upset. They may not make the grand final or win it, but they could definitely knock off one of the top four sides in that second week. I think. Well, there's five, and the sixth team, the Rabbitohs, are getting pumped by the bottom team as we speak. So, yeah, I think yeah, draw a line through them. Pick pick one of the top five um, and draw a line through the the Rabbits. The Knights, nope. and the, and the Sharks, they're just making up the numbers. Oh, here's a question for you while we're, while we're on it. Will the teams that would normally get a home final really be that disadvantaged with the finals being played in hubs and stuff like that? Or, yeah, being played in New South Wales? Um, certainly not. The teams I guess like, I'm, team... I'm reflecting on the Storm, for example. Oh, well, it hasn't seemed to have affected them. They... The, the, the Storm have been there and done it all before, so they've had to go up and play finals in Sydney many, many times, um, and they keep making prelims and grand finals, so I don't think it's really an issue for them. Well, we do know that they do like to cook the books to make sure they've got the squad to do these sort of things. That cannot be disputed. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that cannot That's... be disputed. We can't, we, we can't dispute that hasn't happened in the past, can we? Yes. Well, uh, we can't, but... Let's also keep in mind that was 10 years ago. And even since then, they've still been the top two, they've three still, most years. Still won premierships. So, yeah. That's right. Still tainted. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, that's given us a good overlook of the NRL. Um, you can tell I'm a doggy supporter and they're having a terrible year. USA having, sport- a good, having a good night, though. Yeah, well, they are having a good night. That's true. USA Sports, <clears throat> NBA, we're in the... We're in the playoffs. We've actually got to the stage of conference finals. Um, so, what are we looking at, guys? Um, who do you see winning their way through? And maybe even a prediction on who you think might win the whole bloody thing? Oh, uh, Woody, do you want to go through kind of results and stuff? Then I can throw in my two cents. Yeah, sounds like well, a good one for Woody. So, yeah, we've got the, the Heat um, in the East against the Celtics. Um, I would have thought the Celtics would probably be favourite there if you said that before the playoffs started but um, they um, they got taken to seven games by the Raptors which was pretty much just due to a um, OG and a newbie buzzer beater Yeah, uh, the Raptors um, which, were an inferior team which made them play probably two or three more games than they would have liked to um, yep. and that that's what I would attribute the Heat winning the first game to. But you'd expect the Celtics to bounce back. I reckon they'll come out of that series. Um, they'll probably win that in six. And then over in the West, um, the Lakers and the Nuggets. Um, the Nuggets. After a massive choke from the Clippers. I... They're up three games to one. They're up 15 points and 19 points in games five and six and, and ended up getting knocked out. So I think that's a good win. For the Lakers, really, um, they would have much rather to play the Nuggets than the Clippers. I tell you what, the lid is almost off the Lakers. They've almost lifted the lid. Uh, uh, one so, one Laker has. Uh, so, <laughs> slay your roll there. The, the, Nuggets won, the Nuggets won for a reason. Then They didn't just win. 
in Game 7. They um, won quite convincingly in the end. Oh, they so, put the foot down, didn't they? They, they, did they uh, made a statement, point. didn't they, really? I believe you boys were getting updates um, on our little group chat um, as the uh, Nuggets were getting further and further in front, if I do recall. Oh, we were we were all uh, we were all excited by it. Uh, none of us it, putting our bias hats on for a second. None of us none of us wanted to see the Clippers go through. Mainly for me because I didn't like the way they carried themselves during the year. They uh, they were they were just walking around like uh, Kawhi led them to the championship last year, which not, isn't the case. Interesting stat: uh, forty nine years. Uh, this is the Clippers' fiftieth year. Not once have they made the conference finals in their fiftieth year. And you would have thought this year would be the year after after signing two massive free agents or getting one getting one massive free agent and getting the other one via trade, Paul George, which they basically gave their house for. Yeah, um, the kitchen sink and all. Getting getting those two players to add to a team that uh, finished eighth last year and lost to the Warriors 4-2 in the first round. So they gave up mortgage their future pretty much to win one more round. So it, let's look. Everyone just take time just to have a laugh at the Clippers because I've been enjoying the Clippers, the Clippers slander <laughs> on social media has been nothing short of elite. So I've, I've been enjoying that very much. But um, if you saw some of the, the way some of the players were, <clears throat> were, were carrying themselves during the year, um, they were, by the end of it, they weren't very likeable at all. So Here's a question for you. Um, there's a lot of criticism goes to Houston. that They've got a, they got a squad that's good at winning games during the season. Right? Is it possible the Clippers have got a similar situation where they've got together a squad that'll win enough games to make the playoffs comfortably, but do they have the right squad for playoff basketball? We can't say that. Uh, they, they basically didn't play their entire squad for the whole regular season because uh, due to, in part, injury and other part, load managing. They didn't like to play all their players every single game which is a complete opposite of the Lakers. And, well, the Lakers took care of their business, didn't they? And well, I think the big thing for the Clippers was um, they primed themselves um, and probably knew that they were going to be slow out of the gates in the regular season and primed themselves for a strong finish towards the end of the season. So I think the um, COVID outbreak really hurt them, I think. If we had been able to see them play right through, it might have been a different story. But... Um, the only thing they really proved is they'll forever be the little brother in LA. Yeah, Clippers are going to clip, aren't they? They're they're, yep. they're two they're, they're two they're two superstars came up small in game five. In game five, they had uh, a nineteen point lead and blew the game. In game six, they had a fifteen point lead and blew the game. They're actually up twelve in game seven in the second quarter as well. Ended up only going into halftime two points down and. I always said watching that game seven, if Denver keep it close, if Denver keep it close, the Clippers will wilt, and that's ex- that's it. they absolutely crumbled in the in the, in the last quarter. They, uh, well, Denver's, Denver's got a lot of role players, don't they? So yeah. they, they're not too reliant on a couple of blokes. It's like, obviously they've got Jokic, who's a focal point of the offense, but and, uh, they've got Jamal, just guys Jamal that Murray, play their role. Jamal Murray's top, uh, he dropped forty points. As well, but yeah, in the second half, a lot of the other players started hitting shots, which uh, was not good news for Clippers. Let's be all. honest, though. Jokic is a superstar. He, he is. He's an oh, absolutely superstar. Let's be honest. And they they had no answers for them, uh, so they decided to give Montrez Harrell this all this money. And God bless him, he works hard, and he and he really really plays hard as well. But he's just. 
when you see Jokic come up against him, you just look straight over him. They had no answer. And Zubak is not, I don't think he's a starting standard NBA player. And you can't just throw that guy at uh, Jokic because Jokic will just eat him alive. Um, so they didn't address that. Um, and knowing they, they were possibly going to come up against Anthony Davis as well, they didn't really address that at all. Uh, and ended up being their downfall because Jokic just tore them apart. Um, and one thing, look, getting back to the Lakers, seeing I'm sort of happy at the moment. One thing I did like in the current series was after game one, their squad was flexible enough to make changes to actually put away Houston. Yeah. Where it yeah, looks, well, like, looks like the Clippers don't have that sort of ability to change up. Houston, Houston, Houston are a kind of team that... They could any given game because of the way they play, they tend to just go for layups and jack up threes. So they could, uh, in, in any one game, they could just shoot the lights out and win games. And um, it's just not. But sustainable. that's not going to do you much good in a seven-game series. No, it's not sustainable over seven games, particularly against LeBron and Anthony Davis, and <coughs> proved proved to be. Um, the other thing too in that Clippers game, the last game against um, the Nuggets, that I noticed, instead of actually just trying to get a you know an, a, you know an in 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 the uh, key two or anything like that. They tried the old shooting to three and they couldn't hit a bloody side of a barn. To me, I would have thought they would have been better off trying to tri- chip away with just the twos and win the ball back at the other end on an intercept and then yeah sort of build a bit of momentum. But they just were f- throwing them from anywhere. And yeah, that's that's not... the way they play though. That's the way they've they've yep. set up their team, and they never have a plan B. If they if um they start missing threes, they just start throwing up more. Really, that's how that's they the way they've always that. Yeah, that's their mo. Uh, three point three pointers and layups. That's uh that's the that's the mo of their uh, general manager Daryl Morey, and uh, he's he's given that instructions to Mike D'Antoni, which he won't anymore because D'Antoni's gone. Um, and they and they live by that and die by that. Uh, you're going to die by that in the seven games series most of the time. Yeah. All right. So who goes just before we move into a little bit of NFL? Who goes all the way with what's left? Do you think, guys, as a prediction? I think Lakers got to be favourites, don't they? Yep. I think the yeah. Celtics <laughs> and the Lakers make the finals. And then you'd probably have to favour the Lakers. Well, I think, well, Celtics, game, I think. Game, two, game two, Heat and Celtics tomorrow. The Lions are one and a half. So the bookies haven't, all, got much, haven't got much between the two of them. Yeah, it was always going to be a tight series. Um, yeah. but I just think the Celtics have the edge. What gives yeah, the Lakers so. the edge over the Celtics then? Star power, really. I think that's it. Um, you I, I know just, that yeah, AD I, I just and LeBron are going to step up. Yeah, big two would be too much for the Celtics, I think. And the Celtics are a very good squad, but they don't really have a standout star um, yeah. who, who's and, built uh, for the finals. But Gordon Hayward out, there's another player down in their rotation, yeah. which they have to put in a player they don't quite trust enough. And one thing you tend to say quite a bit, Jeremy, is there's not many people around in the NBA that can actually guard AD consistently in a series. Well, there isn't. There's a reason why he's a superstar. Um, yeah. And he's a he's a he's a really bad matchup. He can put the ball on the floor. He can go out and shoot a three now, and he, and he can still grab rebounds and play inside. So he's a complete package. All right, Okay. All right. Well, that's the NBA in a nutshell, or in nine minutes of it. 
And we're now on to the NFL, which we've seen the first week. And some, I don't know, were they predictable outcomes or were they any surprises out there? Some I think the you, biggest some surprise, the biggest surprise was um, the Jags getting over the Colts, I think. Yeah, um, Colts were out, massive faves there. Turns out Gardner Minshew can play. Um, I think he threw uh, 19 for 20. Is it was it Gardner um, Minshew or was uh, Philip Rivers being Philip Rivers? Ah, oh, well, look, you can always count on him for a couple of interceptions, but I yep. mean, Gardner Minshew's still got to do his thing when he's got the ball, doesn't he? And he, I think, yeah, he completed 19 or 20 passes, so that's going to put you in a good spot anyway. Yeah, he had he had a good day. Uh, let's see see if he can keep that up, eh? Um, Aaron Rodgers had a good day too, so he's obviously put the um, disappointment of the. Yeah, the draft, the draft tactics behind him. So um, he's he's proven to them that um, he's been their, one of the best quarterbacks for a while for a reason, and they probably jumped the gun picking a QB in round one. And the uh, Philadelphia Eagles giving up 27 straight points to the Washington football team, Aaron. Uh, you would have been... I'm glad you brought please. that up. Thanks for that, Jez. Yeah, um, <laughs> thanks. So I, I watched a bit of that game. Um um, hey, my team, my team got done as well, mate. So you know, all of our teams did. Washington Football um, Club. Um, is that a new club? No, it's uh, what used to be. What, what, what used to be the Redskins. It's not anymore. Okay. So the okay. most, the most disappointing thing for me in that game, obviously, than blowing a seventeen nothing lead. Um, Carson Wentz got sacked eight times. Yeah, O line issues there. Oh, not just O line issues too. Like he he holds onto the ball for too long. He doesn't like yeah. to give up on plays. So um, if if a play breaks down, he just needs to learn to throw the ball away. But um, he likes to keep it alive and try and get the play completed. Are we but, sure? Are we sure that Tampa Bay still have haven't still got Jameis Winston? Because <laughs> they, so they might have been better off with him. Uh, Tom Brady looked a lot like Jameis Winston on the uh, on the weekend. Well, he opened up with an interception, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yep. His very, very first play, wasn't it? I think. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's the not. The first t- drive, anyway. Yeah, I'm not giving up on the Buccaneers. I think the Saints are going to beat a lot of teams this year, uh, which they oh, always do. Right. Which they always do in the regular season. It's just the pointy end of the year with the Saints. And you, yeah, and you've got I to give. The... You've got to give Brady a bit of a break. He's got to get used to the personnel around him, though, too. Well, that's a, that's what I was going to say. The Bucks are going to take three or four games to get going a little bit. Um, yeah. Brady's got to learn their system. They've got to learn no, Brady. Brand new. Um, brand new team. So they'll come good towards here's the a, middle and back end of the season. Here's a poser for you. Um, the NFC West, is there, a, is there a plausible case where all four teams could make the playoffs? It's a tough division, isn't it? It there's is a very being, tough division. Bearing, uh, keeping in mind, there's actually seven playoff spots now. That's right, because you've got the three wild cards now. But I, yeah. you can't... You, I, you might be able to see three from one division making it, but I don't think you can see all four. But uh, it'd be you've got a miracle, four very, but... very good teams there, don't you? Yeah, it'd be a miracle. Uh, well, but... I think the the two the two standouts um, will be the um, your boys, obviously. The Forty yeah, Niners and the Rams, I think. And the, and the Seahawks. Uh, and the... Seahawks and Rams are very even for me. I think they are, but any any team with Russell Wilson's going to have an edge over most others, aren't they? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see when they get when they come up against uh, the, the new New England Patriots on Monday. 
Well, yeah, the, the very new New England Patriots and Cam Newton's got himself off to a decent enough start too. So that'll be yeah, interesting so to see I'm, how that I'm, goes. I, I'm interested to watch. I'm interested to watch that game and see how the new New England Patriots go. Whether it's it's all Belichick just wants to show everybody it wasn't Brady and vice versa. Now <laughs> that's fair. And so far, it's one nil to Belichick. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> all right. So is that the NFL covered, you think, lads, at the moment? Yep. Uh, look, we could probably go on for a lot longer, but given our time constraints, I yeah, think we and should probably we'll move, on. move on to the next subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we are already over three minutes over. So we'll move on to cricket. Um, there was a T20 series in which Australia lost to our friends, the Poms, uh, 2-1. And also there's the one-day series, which just finished overnight. With Australia yep. snagging that 2-1, I believe. And did they snag it? Um, chasing down over 300 and they see themselves at 5 for 73. They were cactus, weren't they, at that stage? They were gone for all money. And then um, Alex Carey and Glenn Maxwell put on Maxwell. 212 for the sixth wicket, which is a record for Australia. Both and, getting um, a ton. They finished with hundreds and then Mitch Stark come out and <clears throat> swung the bat and got them over the line. Yeah, it's fantastic, wasn't it? I, it was I, a very I did, good game. I didn't get to. I didn't get to watch it. I do intend on watching the KO mini after <clears> we're done here. I think that's why. Uh, that's on the to-do list. I'm going to have to watch that. Um, for oh, just from seeing, just hey, from okay. seeing the highlights, I don't think you're going to be disappointed in what you see, Jez. So no. I think it's going to be well worth it to watch that back. Uh, the first first time in quite a while, England have actually gotten beaten on their own patch. In, They've been a very good limited over side. They've been very good limited overside for a long time now. Yeah, so. some, something like five years. I don't think they've beaten, been beaten in England for five years playing limited overs cricket. Yeah, so that, that's, I mean, any win over England's a good one, but especially if you yep. can break a break a streak like that, it's even better, isn't it? Always good to beat the old enemy, for sure. And yeah, they played a, they played a, uh, they played a T20 series first, <clears> which, in, which England won 2-1. Um, they're also a very good... T20 team, but uh, we snuck a win in the first one by 19 runs. Uh, Billings scored 118 for for England. Uh, Mitch Marsh come through with 73, and uh, Maxwell again with 77. Uh, but uh, man of the match went to Hazel, Hazelwood for, with uh, with four wickets. And we're having Hazelwood, Cummins, and Stark in the team certainly makes us a lot stronger. Uh, and in the ODI two. England, England won the second game. My, two, England were nine for 231, but Australia just skittled themselves and all out for 207. Um, Not a England, lot of highlights in that game. No, just, just breeze through there. Yep. So, uh, so after England breezing through game two and being on basically on our knees at five for 73, uh, no, no, I, don't think any, I don't think anybody saw the result that was to come. No, I reckon, um, yeah... England were probably getting ahead of themselves and just thought, well, probably give this another hour and we'll have them out. But, um, yeah. yeah, Maxwell and Carey decided to change the script a bit. That's a very England thing to do, isn't it? Oh, and look, it's um, not disappointing when we see them do that, is it? Anyway, we'll probably run out of things to say about cricket. We don't want to crap on about that too much if we've got no, nothing. So, we can, right. so we, can, we can move on to the contact sports or the combat no. sports. No, we're not. No. 
We no, can't. you're what you're, you're getting ahead of us there. Jess. Yes, Jess. There's a thing called the World Game. I know a lot of people in Australia don't necessarily want to follow it, but I actually. Oh no, no. <clears throat> I thought you of all ha- people would have a bit more respect for the yeah. game, but anyway. I'll, I'll quite I'll quite happily uh, chat about the World Game. All right. So what I was going to do just briefly was um, we did a special where you two lovely gentlemen were unavailable, and myself and Josh uh, Watson, who's also our editor who puts together the actual final product for us, sat down and did a bit of a World Game special where we dealt with the A-League, as well as the first week of the EPL. <clears throat> now, during that, we went through the games and we did a, did a few selections. So I'll just go through the results and what we picked briefly. In the Fulham Arsenal game, Josh predicted a 4-1 win to Arsenal. I didn't predict anything. Arsenal won 3-0, so he wasn't far off the money. In the second game, which was Palace and Southampton, it was a 1-0 to Palace. Josh actually picked Southampton by 3-0. Um, Liverpool and Leeds, Josh predicted 5-1 Liverpool. It was actually... Well, it was close. There were six goals in his prediction, but it ended up yeah. being seven in the game. Seven goals, <laughs> yeah. far off. 4-3. <laughs> and I actually predicted it would be 5-0, so I was off. Um, West Ham, Newcastle was a... 2-0 win to Newcastle. Josh predicted a one-all draw. Um, I didn't pick on that one. Um, West West Brom, Leicester City was 3-0 to Leicester City. I picked um, 2-0 Leicester and Josh picked 2-0 Leicester, but I also picked Vardy for a brace. Um, and he actually got two penalty kicks for goals, so it's a brace. It doesn't matter if it's infield or not. Um, so that's a penalty back for me. Um, the pick of the round was the spurs Everton game, which was um, Spurs 0, Everton 1. Josh picked a 2-2 draw. I picked Everton 1-0. So, so, pick so pick it with your heart. It pays off, doesn't it? It does when you, you hate Mourinho. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, precisely. That's what I was alluding to. Uh, Sheffield United um, 0, Wolf, Wolverhampton 2. Um, I picked it 2-1. Wolves and Josh picked it two one Wolves as well, so we both were close. We just didn't predict that um, Sheffield would score. And the final game was Brighton and Chelsea. Now this is where I really bug it up. Josh wasn't far off it. He said three nil Chelsea. It was actually three one Chelsea. I said six nil Chelsea. That's how bad I thought Brighton were. So there you go. So um, we've got the second week coming up. Um, has anyone got a look at some of those games? Yeah, uh, got a got a few. Uh, yep. uh, the uh, the the very closely vanquished Leeds uh, play another another uh, relegated team from the Championship, Fulham. So one of those teams could possibly get their next get their next win. Uh, Arsenal play Palace at the Theatre of Dreams. Ar- Arsenal and West Ham in a little, in, a, in a London derby. Chelsea and Liverpool at Stamford Bridge. I'm very nervous about that. Uh, I'd be uh, I'd be shocked if Liverpool end up getting the points in that in that game. Actually, well, I'm nervous about Spurs playing Southampton. So, <laughs> well, there yeah, you go. Um, what Spurs are you away, ne- away to Southampton. You should be nervous the Spurs playing anyone. I'm serious this year. Oh, well, if we get Gareth Bale back, which is apparently the rumours getting around today, that'll hopefully change things up a bit. But if anyone wants to restrict, if anyone's going to restrict someone's attacking flair, it's going to be Mourinho, isn't it? Oh, Mourinho will destroy his career. If his career is already on the brink of being destroyed, it will be destroyed at um, Spurs. (laughs) Fantastic. It will be good to see him back, though. Who's United got? 
Uh, they've got Crystal, they've got, uh, Crystal Palace. No, that's right. You did mention it earlier. I didn't quite hear that one. I was too yeah. busy thinking about how horrible Mourinho is as a, as yeah. a manager. <laughs> spent a lot, spent, spent a lot of time, it seems, thinking about that. Well, yes. If we could spend less time bagging my teams, that'd be good. We wouldn't bag your team if Mourinho first, was managing them. First Philly, now now Spurs. Let's just move on. Okay. Yeah, well, no, he's, he's having a rough trot, Woody. Carlton as well. He's, it's, I've things, got not much to look for, well, too, really. Well, so, what, yeah, our heart what, goes out to Woody. What we can say is um, the next episode, we'll look at the other leagues, such as Bundesliga, La Liga, Serie A, and Major League Soccer. We haven't actually had enough time in this one to be able to really sink our teeth into it. So we didn't want to only do it lightly. So we'll look at that next episode. It's now actually time for us to have a bit of a break and grab a drink. And Jeremy has other stuff he might do as well. (laughs) And we will um, be back on the other side of the break and we will be looking at combat sports. So we'll see you at the end of the break. All right, we're back from our brief break and we're going to hit it flying with some combat sports. And just before uh, we get into a bit of a discussion about it, I just a quick little reminder for people to stay tuned for later in the year because Nunez versus Anderson is looking like it's going to happen. So we'll talk more in depth about that fight when it's getting closer and obviously if it still comes through and happens. Now, moving on. There was a bit of a um, game of chess when it comes to money recently, Woody. What do you got on that one? Well, I, it was Dustin Poirier and Tony Ferguson were slated to fight each other, which would have happened in the next few weeks. But um, Dustin Poirier's refused to sign the contract because he thinks he's worth more money than what they're offering. I actually like this move from Poirier, though, because... <laughs> um, well, let's be honest, he's one of the most exciting fighters out there to watch and he puts on a show and he's been in the big title fights before. Um, so he's probably worth a bit more money. So they only wanted to pay him about 150 grand to show and then they pay 150 grand to win. But um, this is a bloke that's oh, had 15-odd fights in the UFC and I think he's had eight or nine um, performance and fire the night bonuses. So... Um, he's saying he's worth more money, and it's hard to disagree with him. But is he choosing the wrong climate to have that argument, considering what's going on at the moment of COVID nineteen? They're not even they can't even have a crowd where there's money generated from that for a starter. Um, and I don't even know what the pay per view um, dollars are like at the moment with the COVID nineteen. No, neither do I. But that's probably a good point. Actually, he's he's probably um, fighting the right fight, but maybe just at the wrong time. Yeah, I think the timing's... Look, it's not very smart timing by him, I don't think. It's my gut feeling on it. Yeah, but Dana Dana Wise's (laughs) attitude towards it all is, well, take it or leave it, because if you don't fight, you don't get paid. Um, You can take what we give you, or you can sit at home and get nothing, which, I mean, that's the way that Dana operates, and... Well, me and you aren't big fans of his anyway. No, no. and um, as I said to you the other day, Woody, when we were talking about it um, on our chat... Um, Dustin's done himself no favours though Like he hasn't thrown chairs at buses He doesn't talk smack when he's um, in press conferences He um, 
he's not a tool. So he's not marketable in Dana's eyes. No, he's not. That, that's not mm. what um, Dana wants. Dana wants those sort of WWE type personalities, doesn't he? He wants someone <laughs> that's just going to talk trash and um, put on a fake persona. But um, that's, that's not what Dustin does, unfortunately. He just seems like a decent bloke and he just loves fighting. Um, but that's not what gets you the money, unfortunately. What kind of coin was offered um, for um, his opponent? Um, I actually don't know. I don't think his issue was with what Ferguson was getting offered either. It was just more about him trying to look out for himself. But I think Ferguson's been underpaid for the damage that he takes and the shows that he puts on as well. And he's very so, popular too, Ferguson, with the crowd. So Well, well both of them are. Mm. Both of them are. Um, so if you're going to throw money at guys, it's going to be fan favourites. But um, as you alluded to before, it's probably just the wrong climate to be doing in. But mm. they'll get another match-up for Ferguson. Um, so There's already talk of that anyway. There's already talk of there another match-up. Oh, I don't actually mind it either. Um, Michael Chandler, he's been in Bellator mm. for what seems like forever. Mm. Um, he's held the belt there a couple of times, defended a few times, and um, he's a free agent at the moment. The UFC are looking to sign him. And I'll tell you what, that would be a great fight, <coughs> Chandler and Ferguson. They're just basically going to meet in the middle of the <coughs> ring and, and just slug start it. swinging until one of them falls down. I'm just a bit worried for Ferguson that his last fight might have t- might have taken too much out of him for Slugfest from now on moving forward. Well, yeah, Gaethje just pitched him apart, didn't he? So um, he took a lot of damage in that. Fight. That's the way he fights, though. Um, <coughs> he's, he's a very good striker, um, but he's also opened his up himself up to get hit a lot as well. There was a there was a time in that fight though he could have stole it early on when he put uh, Gaethje down. Um, yeah, um, at the end of the. First round, I think it was. Yeah. Had it happened, say, um, 30 seconds sooner, it could have been a different result. Oh, it could have been. But, oh. um, yeah, he took a lot of damage in rounds three, four, and five. So it'd be interesting to see if he <coughs> bounces back from that because um, we've seen it plenty of times before. When someone takes a fair beating, um, they're never really the same. Again, we've seen that with Dos Santos um, in his fights with Cain Velasquez. He's never been the same since then. Well, we've seen it with one of the legends, Chuck. As well, he's got no chin. Um, even though he's an old man now, but he's got no chin. No, um, that's right. And it's a classic case. All right, so moving on, um, Izzy and Costa are going to be fighting very, very soon. I know who. Yeah, it's only. Playing. Yeah, that's not far away. I think that, that's that's <clears throat> well, ten days away now. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, we're both going to be um, in Costa's corner. I think. Um, I hope Costa Adesanya... gets locked up for murder. That's what I hope. Yeah, well, Adesanya, he's um, he's the type of character that um, Dana likes to promote. He talks trash, and he's actually got a fake personality. Really, um, if you if you followed Izzy's career, um, like I have a little bit, even in his kickboxing days, he um, he was a bit humble, um, had a bit more respect for people, and then he got a bit of fame in the UFC, and um, he turned on the arrogance, and um, unfortunately, that's. That's what gets paid. And actually, for the listeners out there that actually are like us and, and have got no time for Izzy at all, um, there's a lovely clip of his um, kickboxing uh, career where he gets to knock, knock the hell out of. Yeah, I don't mind. <clears throat> I don't mind seeing that whenever it pops up. So <clears throat> um, it's always good when you see guys that like to um, get involved in the trash talk and all that sort of stuff. It's good when they get knocked out. Oh, hell yeah. Um, so, 
realistically, who do you think wins that fight with our um, hearts out of it? Who do you think wins the fight? Um, the longer it goes <clears throat> on, the more you've got to favour Adesanya, unfortunately. I think if, if Costa doesn't get it done in the first two rounds, um, I think it's going to be a very long night for him from there. They And they legitimately do not like each other. You can see it. Oh, not one little bit, but... Hopefully, Costa can control his emotions a little bit and um, probably fight a smarter fight, which he's usually not known for. He likes to get in there and just swing and try and finish it earlier. So hopefully, he can just sit back a bit and um, make it a little bit of a boring fight, as um, the lack of a better word, and um, let Izzy come in him a little bit. The other thing, though, is as long as he doesn't do... Uh, what Romero did and wait for Izzy because Izzy will just sit back and do nothing. Yeah, that's right. Um, there's also so that 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 fight's going to be for the middleweight belt, but there's also a light heavyweight title fight on that card as well. So it's Dominic Reyes and Jan Blakowicz. So um, that's the the belt that um, John Jones has vacated in his quest for heavyweight. Yes, um, and and we will mention something about him in the next segment, only briefly, but there will be a, a bit of a mention of Jones. Um, so who wins that one? Uh, I think Reyes. I think Reyes will probably get it done there. How does he, he do it? Uh, probably by decision. Um, if you if you look on um, a lot of the social media stuff after Reyes's fight with Jones, a lot of people <clears throat> seem to have thought that Reyes won that um, and got stooged a bit by the judges. But um, if you're not gonna, if you're gonna um, leave it in the hands of the judges, then you've really only got yourself to blame. Yeah, we, no, know what, um, we know what MMA judges can do from time to time. <clears throat> so yeah. it's best not to leave it in their hands. And Jake Matthews is also on that card as well. So I'm a yep. big fan of his um, and followed his career ever since he was in the Australian <clears throat> Fighting Championship when he was about 18 or 19. Okay, um, <clears throat> He's fighting Diego Sanchez. So probably maybe not his biggest fight to date, but definitely the biggest name that he's fought. So <clears throat> that'll be very interesting to keep an eye on. All right, and just briefly before we move on to the next segment, how's Bellator travelling at the moment? Um, they're not too bad. They've, they've put on a few cards now. Um, had a couple of title fights and whatever. They've just signed a new broadcast deal with CBS. Yep. So hopefully that lifts <clears throat> their profile a little bit because it's actually a good product, but it's especially over here in Australia, it's very hard to keep track of and very hard to watch. So... Um, yeah, with a with a major broadcaster on their side, um, hopefully that helps lift their profile a little bit. And that's another thing for our listeners out there. Um, we've stumbled on the CBS Sports app, and it's quite a thorough one for quite a few different sports. So, might be of interest to some of the listeners to actually get the app and follow a bit of the sport on there. Yeah, I've, I've downloaded that myself as from your recommendation, Tim. Mm. And yeah, it's actually it's got some pretty good analysis on there too um, for multiple different sports. So hopefully yeah. they put Bellator on there as well. Which is what we're hoping. Uh, all right. So um, our next segment, even though we did get a bit of feedback on social media this evening from Darren um, wishing us to can it. And I did point out that um, we haven't even um, discussed it um, the last couple episodes. So we're canning fresh air, but I did lie because we are briefly talking about it, and that's sports entertainment. And the reason why we're talking about it is pretty much Lesnar has left WWE, and all speculation is that he is angling 
to be John Jones's first opponent in the heavyweight division of UFC. I did read uh, an article where they've interviewed Kurt Angle uh, on that, and Kurt has got some intel that says that um, Lesnar's pretty serious about it. If he ever goes, he stated if he goes back or ever goes back to UFC, he wanted to fight Jones. So that did take place, and there's still a lot of noise about it. How, do, how would you see that playing out? Uh, well, well, Lesnar not taking oh, up. Sorry, his con- Jeremy. <laughs> uh, Lesnar, Lesnar not, Lesnar not taking up his contract with WWE would suggest he's probably going to do something else, wouldn't it? And I would say, that, yeah, I would say the word on the street is pretty accurate. I do, I could see him doing a multi-million-dollar fight against James. I think you've, well, I don't think we've seen the last of him in WWE either, mind you. <clears throat> I don't think in sports entertainment, full stop. I don't think he'll probably no. um, go to the highest bidder once he goes to the UFC. Yeah. Who wins it, Woody? If if they do clash, who wins it? Who's at the longer layoff, Woody? Um, we've lost Woody again. Can't hear. We've lost Woody there again. We go. Hey, there turn we, it on. Did you hear us at all? I did, yeah. Yeah, um, so... so <clears throat> yeah, I think if you watch a lot of um, Jones's fights, um, he's very technical and probably more methodical than anything else. Um, and if you've watched Lesnar's UFC fights, he um, he has no technique at all. He just tries <laughs> to use his size. But I think Jones is going to be a bit too smart and a bit too rangy for him. So I'd expect that Jones would win that. I think the risk for Jones myself <clears throat> is, yes, you're right, he doesn't seem to have much technique, but if Lesnar still has that explosive um, sort of charge that he has, he, there is a possibility he might get Jones unaware. And if he gets Jones on the ground, irrespective of how good Jones is, as you said, the size of Lesnar, he ain't going to get up in a hurry. No, maybe not, but Jones is an accomplished wrestler himself, not as accomplished as... Lesnar, but um, there's more to it than just just laying and ground and pound. Jones has actually got a pretty decent jiu-jitsu game as well, which I don't think Lesnar would have too much of a clue about. Yeah, I, I just think we do... Uh, look, I, I, I think Jones would win it, but um, I do think that um, because Lesnar's a bit of a drop-in fighter and that sort of thing, I do think sometimes we do underestimate his, his abilities with the wrestling. Yeah, that's probably a fair point, but um, it's mixed martial arts, not just one martial art. So that's where Jones has got the edge. Yeah, yeah, but his pure size can be a bit of a handful depending on who he fights. He's proven that against legends before. But anyway, I, I agree with you, though. I, I don't see him beating um, Jones at all. All right, so we'll move on. That was our little... Sorry, Darren. That was our little flirt with sports <laughs> entertainment. I do apologise. Um, and I dare say I'll apologise in future episodes as well. Um, now, our Mount Rushmore <clears throat> that we've um, put together for our listeners for this episode, we've decided to look at a Mount Rushmore of coaches slash managers because that allows for sports to call them managers, of course. And um, I was sort of thinking, um, who wants to lead off, guys? I'm really... Not fast who leads off? I can lead off if you like. Well, you were pretty quiet last um, segment, so go ahead. Yeah, I can. I can. St- I can start again. Well, 
Um, I've actually got, I've actually got one one basketball coach, one <coughs> one foot one football slash soccer coach, and I've actually got two coaches from the NFL. Which is, um, there wasn't, there was only a couple of standouts for me in the NFL. I think there was, I think there's, uh, I think there's only one real standout to me in basketball, and there's another real standout in in football slash soccer. So I'll start with the first one. This is not in any order, by the way. I'll, uh, one is uh, Vince Lombardi uh, with the Green Bay Packers. He won in, he won. NFL championships in 1961, 62, 65, 66, and 67. In 66 and 67, that was Super Bowl one and two, so he won the first two Super Bowls. Yeah, obviously, he's got the trophy named after him now, the Vince Lombardi Trophy. He had a record of uh, 96 and 34 over his career. He uh, coached Washington, I believe, for his last last season. Um, so a, a 7.38 record over 10 years, which is which is pretty good. You take that if you're an NFL coach. Jeremy, do you have his last year he coached? Because he did die at the age of 52. I'm wondering if um, his um, coaching yeah. career was cut short because of his death or was he well and truly retired before that? Uh, no, I think he, I think he, he finished the season out anyway. So I and then passed away. Say that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I couldn't say that. Uh, Sir, Sir Alex Ferguson is pretty... I think it's a no-brainer for any coaching conversation, just quietly. Um, I think it'll be unanimous amongst the three of us. It'll be unanimous on Sir Alex. And this is not just with Manchester United either. Um, He won six Scottish premierships, numerous Scottish Cups, Scottish Leagues Cups. won a UEFA Super Cup with uh, Aberdeen. And you've got to remember with the Aberdeen stuff, um, that's usually dominated by Celtic and Rangers. Exactly. So... Remarkable record in Scotland, and they uh, just conti- just continued on with that, and in the Premier League, uh, getting all the trophies. A famous treble in 1999. Uh, two Euro- two European Cups, a European Super Cup, a FIFA Club World Cup, a Cup Winners Cup, uh, numerous Community Shields, and um, if there was a cup to be won, he won it. Yeah, exactly. He did briefly. He did briefly coach the Scottish national team. Uh, they crashed out in the group stage, however, losing to Denmark and West Germany before mustering a draw against Uruguay. But they uh, expected of the Scottish team at the World Cup anyway. They're not exactly... Yeah, exactly. Final stage. No, no, not, not, not exactly world beaters. Uh, number three from basketball, Red Auerbach. Uh, he won nine titles. Eight of them were in a row, consecutive, with the Boston Celtics. Um, he kind of invented... He invented sort of uh, walling up the defence and getting out on fast breaks. Him and Bob, Bob Cousy and Bill Russell were a big part of that. They'd, they'd stop the ball and try and block the ball. They'll rebound the ball and then they'll off. They were off and racing. So the first sort of first, it's they're the first run and gun team, which is a pretty familiar term now. Um, and also, he's been part of sixteen NBA titles as a. GM or president of the Boston Celtics. So basically that's most of their success being they have 17, 17 championships. Now, and the fourth is another NFL coach, Bill Belichick. Uh, actually defensive coordinator with the New York Giants in 1987 when they won, won the Super Bowl. Wasn't, however, when they won their Super Bowl in 1991. He was, he was then the assistant, assistant head coach 
defensive coordinator of the New York Jets, which they tried. They tried a two-coach head system. And we all know how that worked out with the Jets, don't we? <laughs> Um, he actually, in 19, so we took over the Cleveland, Cleveland Browns. Um, and actually, in 1994, he took them to an 11-5 record and won a playoff game. And, and for anybody to do that with the Browns is, uh, is a fair effort. And that's as good as a Super Bowl win for the Browns, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is, isn't it? You take that for the Browns. Uh, nine AFC championships, six Super Bowl championships. We'll find out whether that, that whole era was him or Brady, I think. Uh, we'll, we might see a little bit of that this year, just forecast. Okay. So is that everyone, Jez? Yep. All right, Woody, we've got a minute. <laughs> you can go first. <laughs> Give it most of it. Uh, all right, so Ferguson, Alex Ferguson's on my my list. Um, <coughs> I've got Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson, um, 11 championships as a coach. Um, hard to argue with that. Six with the Bulls, five with the Lakers. Um, I've gone with a bit of a local flavour for another one um, with the NRL, um, Craig Bellamy. Um, yep. 69% win record over 18 seasons he's had. He, so he's, he's remarkable. Um, there's only, since he's been in charge of the Storm, they've only missed the finals once. And that was in 2010 when they got banned from the finals. So um, he's been to eight grand finals and won four of them. Um and my last one is Scotty Bowman, which I don't know if you two have ever heard of him. Is he an NHL? He is an NHL coach. Now, yeah. normally with coaches of professional teams, they've played at the highest level. He never did. But he's got the most wins in NHL history in the postseason and the regular season. And he's the only coach to win Stanley Cups at three different tri- franchises. He made 13 Stanley Cups and won nine of them. So he's got five Stanley Cups with the Canadians in the 70s. He won with the Penguins in 92 and 97, 98 and 2002. He won with the Red Wings. Did he ever cross um, paths with Gretzky? Um, oh, never, never coached a team that okay. he was on, but they were still, he was <laughs> coaching when Gretzky was playing. Yep. Um, and since he's finished coaching, he's been an administrator at the Chicago Blackhawks <laughs> and they've won four or five championships in the time that he's been there as well. So good he's been involved with 13 or 14 Stanley Cups. Okay. Pretty, pretty impressive. There you go. Um, well, my negative um, seconds of my opinion <laughs> <laughs> will be um, my George Washington. The main man is Sir Alex Ferguson. You cannot beat the guy. He's a god. He can manage egos. And probably a key to his success starting was the great man, Eric Cantona. Great combination. Uh, Phil Jackson. There'd be no Michael Jordan without Phil Jackson. Sorry, Michael. Phil is superior. Vince Lombardi. I'm in agreement with Jeremy. You don't name your major trophy after a guy for being a Muppet. The guy was an absolute legend. And my... um, well, not, not strange for Woody. He, he probably predicted this. But my um, fourth guy is an Australian coach. Um, he actually coached a team that I despise. I've seen him speak at a, at a conference, and the guy is an absolute marvel. Just bear in mind, when he coached after leaving a club he was at for 27 years, his... Um, 
winning rate did drop away a little bit because he had a team in the developmental stage where he had a 9.1% winning rate and a 4.5%. Prior to that, his worst was 14 at the club he was at for 27 years. He has four premierships. He's given more to AFL than any other coach. So um, anyone that likes that Muppet um, Clarkson, bear in mind this guy's done more for the game. He invented the Anzac game. He invented the Indigenous round. He's an absolute marvel, and that's Kevin Sheedy. Yeah, very, very good. Very, very good uh, choice. He's probably the best AFL coach I've seen. Exactly. And and an absolute brain and great at playing the mind games. Brilliant bloke. And if you ever get the opportunity to hear him speak, it's money well spent. He's an absolute marvel. All right, we're up to... We're up to um, the next segment, which is straight down the gut where my two colleagues or the gurus of this podcast, some might say, um, answer these questions from our listeners. So Josh Button, who's um, at Pies Josh on Twitter, has asked this following question. Are the Giants too tall up forward? And should they let Jeremy Cameron leave in free agency? Woody, what are your thoughts? Um, I don't know that the issue with him being too tall. I just think for one reason or another, it doesn't work um, with what they're doing, whether that's Leon Cameron or not. Maybe that's the issue, but I think they'll let him go. Um, he'll he'll want to leave, I think. Um, but just depends how much money he's asking for because his value's probably dropped a couple of hundred thousand this year. Okay. Yeah, um, uh, if he stays, I think you need to get uh, the likes of Finn Lesson and that out of the forward line. That kind of get in his way. Try um, so and get him the forward line. Get him some more smalls and mid. If it was just, I'd be happy with the forward line of uh, Cameron, Toby Green, and Ian Hill, and uh, work the rest out from there. And they've unearthed Jake Riccardi this year too, so yeah, he's probably yeah. going to play heavily in their future plans. Okay. So they, him, they, they might be using him as their main forward should Jeremy Cameron leave. Okay. Next question. And this is from David Robinson. Um, now, he's he's at um, Wavelength64 on Twitter. That's his ta- um, tag. What do they call it? They call them tags? On handle. 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 Yeah, Woody's our um, social media guru. Um, who wins the East and West in NBA? Are the Lakers deep enough? And I think you may have both alluded to your thoughts on this, but let's just give um, Dave a direct answer. Yeah, I think they're deep enough. Um, their bench, they're, they're, they've got pretty good names on the bench. and They've, they've actually all been playing well of late. Uh, it, it took them a while, but... The likes of uh, the likes of Kuzma and Caruso, they're actually stepping up and contributing. So yeah, I don't see any problem there. There's two and players Rondo as well, Tim. Yes, Rondo, Rondo yeah. three from three. We'll see if he can keep the Rondo playoff Rondo going. Yeah, I think I think the Lakers <clears throat> Lakers get to the final. So do the Celtics, and um, the way they're playing, you'd say Celtics are favourites. Yeah, and uh, so on, the Lakers are favourites. Yeah. And just on Kuzma and Caruso, I think they've both grown a bit in this playoffs as players. So, just a Lakers thought. Um, all right, uh, we'll move on to the next question. And it's from Dave Robinson again. And he's got the same handle as the last question. Is Patrick Cripps elite? Question mark. 
What position will he fill in in all Australian side? Question mark. So that's obviously another question. And how many Brownlows will he finish with? Question. Now, I, I think we'll go with Jeremy first because Woody might get a bit emotional on this one. So, Jeremy, what are, your, <laughs> what are your answers on this one, buddy? Uh, what, what the, what's the question again? Is Patrick Cripps elite? What position will he fill in the All-Australian side and how many Brownlow medals will he finish with? This year's All-Australian side? I think yep. that's what he's saying. Um, he'll struggle to make it just quietly. Um, is he, start with, is he elite? <clears throat> uh, he has been elite. Okay. Whether he'll, whether he'll continue to be elite is anyone's guess. Okay. Has been elite. Um, yeah, I don't think he'd be in the All-Australian side. There'd be, players above, there'd be players well above him at the moment. Okay. And what about the Brownlow question? Um, he'll end up. He might end up one of being one of those players that go close mm-hmm. without quite winning it. Yeah. All right, Woody, and now keep it in the English language. No, I'll do my best. So, is he elite? No, he's not. He's far from it. Um, turns the ball over way too much. Um, he will not feature in even the All Australian squad this year, and he will not win a Brownlow. Okay. We'll move on to the next question because we're running out of time. What's the reason for big scores in Major League Baseball? Atlanta recently scored 29 in one game and Milwaukee scored 19 in another. That's from Mark Powell on Facebook. Uh, you, you lost me. I've got no idea. Oh, um, I just think it's the makeup. <clears throat> I just think it's the makeup of the season. You've got um, some teams that... Um, are a lot better than others, really, and limited practices and all that sort of stuff. So I just think it's the better teams asserting their dominance over the weaker teams. What have happened to the mercy rule, though? That long gone. Long Obviously, gone. with those score lines. All right. Well, that, that was um, straight down the guts for this episode. Now we're up to winging it. Um, can you quickly go over our most recent um, predictions? <clears throat> And let us know how poorly they went, please. Um, so from the last episode, Jez said that Golden State Warriors will end up trading pick two in the NBA draft, which, well, remains to be seen. You said Harry Kane would leave Spurs, but looks like he's probably going to stay at this rate. I said and the end of the contract. I, I picked um, the Philadelphia Flyers to beat the Islanders 4-2 in the... Um, <clears throat> playoffs and the Islanders ended up winning in seven games so I got that one wrong but if we go back to episode five I predicted that Milwaukee Bucks would lose in the second round of the playoffs so (coughs) I got that one there Um, and back to episode four Tim said that Queensland would host the AFL grand final so he'll get a tick for that as well oh well I've had two a tick and a half I've had so far so it's not bad all right, so we're up to some new predictions. Um, have you been thinking prediction-wise there, Jez, or do we move to someone else first? Yeah, I'm <clears> going <throat> to predict that the uh, LA Clippers are going to look vastly different next year, maybe without one of their big two. All right. Are you going to predict which big two might go? Um, maybe, the, uh, maybe the one... Uh, who they call Playoff P. The one okay. that they sold the farm for. 
Yeah, one they sold to Liverpool to get. They, so, they'll be struggling to get loose change for him at the moment. <clears throat> you would think. All right, Woody, your prediction? Um, I'll go down a similar path to Jez, and I will say that um, Russell Westbrook will be um, shipped out of Houston. <laughs> I don't know if anyone will want to take him, to be honest, with his attitude. No, with his contract. He's owed about $40 million a year. There'll be a lower <clears throat> lower place team that'll be happy to take it on because he's going to put up points um, and they'll just be happy to be somewhat competitive in some games. Bums on seats, yep. Okay. yep. All right. Um, my um, prediction is St Kilda will lose tomorrow night against GWS and miss the finals. They're going to have to lose by a lot to do so. So... They will lose. Team. Trust me. They will lose by a lot. You're going you're to trust GWS to beat St Kilda by ten goals, eh? I don't trust St Kilda to beat GWS. I think us two non-St Kilda fans have got more faith in the Saints than our St Kilda fan does, Jez. I I, tr- I trust that they won't lose by ten goals to GWS. Yes, okay. oh, they'll make the finals. I'll quickly say um, I mentioned this to Woody in a in a inbox the other day. St Kilda's game has fallen apart a little bit ever since Gresham went down and went back to Victoria for the operation. I actually am saying he's probably the barometer for St Kilda. Even though he's not the best player, he's just he's he's just a live wire and I think they've missed it. So there you go. All right, next segment is it's only money, which is when we give you some ridiculous idea on where to put your money. And see how you go. And um, have we got any suggestions for a multi or a bet of some form, lads? Yeah, I, I, mine's a very, very futures multi, <laughs> and, it's, and it's a two-legger. I'm going to go. I'm, if you put a bit of dough on the uh, Panthers to win the NFL Premiership and the uh, Kansas City Chiefs to win the AFC, you're going to get fourteen dollars for that. Okay. Wouldn't be the worst um, yeah, probably not too bad. Um, I think I think you meant NRL and not NFL, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> the Pan- the Panthers are not going to win much in the NFL. No, yes, the the, uh, the Penrith Panthers, Panthers of Penrith, uh, to win the NRL Premiership and the Kansas City Chiefs to win the AFC, uh, paying fourteen forty. Okay. That's actually good value, I would have thought. All right, Woody, what do you got for us? Um, I've just got, um, you can get um, Boston Celtics at $2.37 to win the series over Miami. So I think that's a good bet there. Oh, well, I'll be brutally honest. I've got absolutely nothing on the multi. I cannot. Uh, look, I, I took some of Woody's advice last weekend and let's just say sports bets um, said thank you. <laughs> so with that said we might jump on Jeremy's Jeremy's multi. Yes, we might. Yeah, put your hard earned on that. Mm. Oh, look look listeners, I apologize. Next next um episode I'll make sure I might even have a closer look at um the EPL and come up with some form of multi for That's it. That's fine. We got a we got a couple of juicy ones anyway. That's all right, yeah. And look, seriously, next episode I'll come up with um one with the EPL. I tend to punt on that a bit anyway. So we're at that end of another thrilling episode of um, MPO Sports Podcast. Um, today is actually the 17th of September, 2020. It's one minute to 10 um, at night. 
And um, I think just before we go and say hooroo, um, we need to plug Josh Watson, who does our editing, and Zaggy2, which is the music that's utilised um, in the editing process. And finally, it's someone's birthday. Isn't it, Jeremy? Yeah, yeah someone, someone from this pod's mm. birthday today. Yes. What um, are the odds? Oh, I don't know. And I, I believe um, he'd be like 34. 34 today, yeah. Right, right, old age of 34, Mr. Wood. Yep, I've got a, got a bit to go to catch up to you, blokes, though, so I've got that in my back pocket. Yeah, at least. We, 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 got, we got you well and truly covered, mate. Yes. Anyway, just um, as we leave uh, and we wait for another episode to come by, let's all just sort of have a happy wish for young Woody. Hope that he uh, lives to 40 at least. <laughs> And that Carlton might actually do something about not giving him a heart attack next season because I think that's the best they can hope for. That's goodbye from me. Hey, Ru. Thanks, guys.